3: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 205 DGS on KMOX coming up at 2.30. have our uh, buddy
4: Steve Ewing from The Urge. And Steve's hot dogs going to come in. He's got something going on uh, coming up this weekend. Uh, we have tina from master coming in dave murray is doing the winter forecast our buddy comedian greg warren is here at four that's always a lot of fun uh so there you go um what else did i wanted to say before we went to rage i can't remember was it something oh i know what it was uh at the end of that chaotic hour the phone rang and i'm like oh here we go and uh andrew texted me and said the person called and said that's the funniest hour of radio they've ever heard <laughs> oh good it's the most something hour of radio it was yeah. something
5: yeah was <laughs> special
4: Rachel, what do you have?
2: Okay, I have a ruling. I saw this on Reddit. Someone posted to the, am I the a-hole? What I like to call, are they the jerk? Mm -hmm. Are they the jerk in this situation? So this is a 36-year-old woman who has a seven-year-old daughter, and they live on the outskirts of a town, and they have ponies. And every day before school, The daughter gets all of her pony tours done and does a really good job. So one day the mom was like, all right, I'm going to let you ride the pony to school. Because normally we walk to school, it takes about 20 minutes, but today you're going to ride the pony. So they go, they get to the school, they're not on school property, drop off the little girl, a crowd gathers and people are like, oh my gosh, a pony. And, you know, the kids are petting it and loving it and the pony's doing a great job until... Another little girl approaches and starts shouting like, I want to ride. I want to ride. And the mom says, no, you don't have a riding helmet. I can't do that. And you you would need to learn to ride on a safer horse. This isn't going to work out today. And the little girl just throws a tantrum. And that little girl's mom is like, see, this is what happens whenever you're acting like a jerk and you bring an effing horse to school. Oh, I can
4: pick out who the jerk is. Yeah, here. I think yeah, it's pretty found, easy. Found pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, pretty so. easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a horse. <laughs> I was going to say it's Causing the
0: other g- it's a little girl
5: having mom. a fit. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just
4: kidding. No, it's, it's the mom who said uh, effing horse. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. If you own a horse...
5: And you're living in a rural and you're living area. And you
4: rural area, and your kid rides the horse. You can ride a horse to school every damn day. How
5: about this? Teach your kid not to be a brat. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, she, this woman was second-guessing herself because she was like, ma'am, was that no. the wrong thing to do? Did I, no. did I, you know, garner too much attention towards myself and the pony? And- no. no,
4: it's like, if it, it, and I'm being serious here, if wheels... Drove his Camaro to drop his daughter off at school, and someone's like, "Take me for a ride, take me for a ride." Like, "Oh, sorry, I have to get to work." Oh, well, don't drive a cool Camaro unless you're going to take kids.
2: (laughs) Shut up, shut up.
4: I have a a pony. He has a Camaro. Whatever. (laughs) That's an easy one. Yeah, that's super easy. Yeah, challenge us next time.
2: All right, I thought I thought it was interesting because I was like, hmm. On one hand I I don't think that other parent is right. I think she's the jerk 100%. But then I was like, I don't know, is it a distraction to I thought show the horse was going to go
4: crazy and bite the kid. That's <laughs> was, what I was for. If it for. was
5: during school hours, I think that would have a valid point.
2: Right, and like they you're didn't disrupting even go on school, school But if it
5: was if it was before school even started, it wasn't on school property either. It was like they dropped him off it like was, up the street.
2: Yeah, up the street type of thing. Well,
0: that that's even see even if it, if it was on school property, then I'm a little softer about it because then it's like, all right, you don't need to like parade up to the school doors like a princess on your pony. But if it's like <laughs> up the street, <laughs> Dave's face. <laughs> but if it's up the street, I mean that's just it's like driving a car.
2: Yeah, what do you guys guys think about whenever people bring, like, puppies and kittens into school? Does it happen? I think so. I I mean, I think it happens similarly to this. It's like we got a new dog and we're going to bring it to the school drop off. If I were a teacher uh, and I hadn't
4: said, yeah, bring the puppies in, I would be mad just because the kids are going to go crazy and they're not going to listen to you because kids can't resist puppies. But if you live out in the country and you ride a horse, uh, it's transportation. Mm. All
5: right. But also, like, I think the equivalent would be walking to school with your kid, which is what she said that they do, and walking your dog at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's nothing wrong with that.
4: Yeah, if you brought your your dog in the school,
0: then That's kids different. are going to
4: go crazy. Yeah. But, but if you're across the street. But I also don't blame the other kids
5: for being like,
0: there's a, I mean, if there was like a horse outside, I would be like, there's a horse
5: out there. I'm sorry, though. Seven, you said there's seven, right? Mm-hmm. Seven is old enough to understand when you can't do something and not pitch a fit. Yeah. If yeah. it was a three-year-old, I might have a little sympathy, but the kid's seven. They're old enough to understand, no, we can't do that now, and you move on. You don't get to throw a fit. Mm-hmm.
4: Can I tell you about the first time I rode a pony? Yes. It was the infamous week down in southern Illinois where my parents dropped me off. I really wonder what was going on that week with them. <laughs> I really do. Like, when you're a kid, you're just like, oh, okay, this is what I'm doing now. But, like, <laughs> were they having marital problems? Or, like, just take him take him to southern Illinois. And We
2: need a week We need away. us time. Yeah,
4: right? Uh, that was the same week. <laughs> Give I, them to the horses. I messed my drawers, and yeah. I threw them in the pond, and the St. Bernard brought them back. <laughs> too much okra, right? Too, yeah, dog. too much okra. That's all they had. Morning, noon, and night. and um, so they also had horses. and it was it was dirty white horse. and there was no saddle, no bridle, no nothing, just a horse. And they're like, "Hey, Dave, wants to sit on it?" And I'm like, "I'm good. <laughs> I'm good." So the only time a kid from South the underwear right now. So. <laughs> the only time a kid from South Texas has been the city kid, right? I'm like, I'm, I'm, "I'm all good with not sitting on the horse." <laughs> so they shamed me into it. I'm like nine or ten years old, and it's, they're like, "It's it's our oldest horse, and it's you it can't even move. Don't even worry about it." And the minute that I sat on that horse, it took off like a <laughs> oh. lightning bolt. <laughs> And we're at a farm, and I'm holding on to its mane. I'm probably, (laughs) my my legs are probably flapping behind me. (laughs) So I weighed like 40 pounds. And how old were you again? I don't know, maybe nine or ten. Okay. Uh and uh, and my dad and my uncle were chasing the horse <laughs> and like doing this thing like holding their hands up whoa 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 and the horse like I don't think so and that's not helping no no I got the kid the Saint Bernard clued me in on this kid <laughs> and uh, then at some point they're in a vehicle they're like chasing the horse <laughs> in the vehicle <laughs> like Jurassic Park yeah. <laughs> and I remember thinking Michael this is, I'm just like the, the headless horseman now I'm just going to be an urban legend <laughs> and eventually they they stopped and I. <laughs> If I had a gun, I could have shot the horse. I was so mad at yeah. that I was mad at everyone. Like, this has been the worst week of my life. And this is the way you're capping it off? And I just looked at the horse like, you know what?
1: <laughs> me and the jerk here? Me and you, brother.
4: <laughs> me and you. I don't know how I'm going to get even, but you just wait. <laughs>
2: All right, I've got a little exercise for us here. Does anyone ever worry that they're maybe about to get fired at
4: work? <laughs> I'll give you the honest answer. Yes. Every time I use my fob. And it's red the first time. I'm like, well, there we are. Yeah, yeah. they're they're Mm -hmm. locking
2: me out. Uh, Here are four uncomfortable signs you're being quiet fired at work. So not quiet quitting where it takes you a long time to quit, but being quiet fired where it takes your boss a long time to let you go. Number one, you get mostly negative feedback from your manager.
4: They throw your lunch out.
2: (laughs) 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 Number two, you feel left out of projects and meetings. I feel a little left out. I mean, I was just gone for two weeks, but I get a little I...
0: I get a little left out in this room sometimes. Like sometimes I'll look in there and you guys are all three like, like <laughs> that's not really the time. subject. I'm guys like silently laughing and like <laughs> knees and knees laughing.
4: <laughs> what would you like us to do? <laughs> no, no, no.
0: I just mean like I just mean like I I'll be in here
5: and I'll just be like, oh, they're having fun, right? But they meant like by left out of things by your boss. Oh, okay. That's well, what the been whole been thing up. was. <laughs>
2: Your manager is avoiding you. Is Dave avoiding you?
0: I mean, I'm in a totally separate room. with (laughs) (laughs) He's, He's not, but I mean.
2: And number four, the final sign you're being quiet fired is you're, this is like a glaring red sign of like, yeah, you're about to get fired. You're required to keep a record of all of your activity at work. When mm-hmm. does that happen? Unless it's like you're actually in major yeah, I don't trouble.
0: Think a no. <laughs> I think yeah, that's quiet. I think I say none of this, this none of this is a loud firing. This
2: is. everyone here been fired? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was like very kindly let go from Radio Shack my first go around. Yeah, because I you know that. Yeah, I. I feel like I've talked about it on the show before. I was still only like 18. I was. I had only been working there like six or or eight months or something. And, you know, you had like sales quotas and stuff. And I was going through a really hard time at school and I was in like a really bad relationship and I was just extremely depressed and struggling. And my boss was the nicest person in the world. And he was like, do you really, like, do you see yourself doing this? Do you want to be here? And I just knew I wasn't capable of doing it at that time. So I just like started crying <laughs> and then like it was kind of <laughs> like okay well you're not going to work here anymore but then i got hired back like six months later i got it together guys nice it happened redemption story.
1: Then, like I worked, rocky.
2: then i worked there for like four more years and wow. did a lot better and became was one of like the like more senior people working there
4: so. and i lived a lifetime during that story yeah
2: that was my, my I didn't great know that. uh sad radio shack story
5: mm. but there's redemption yeah I thought was you can just, call it a comeback. I thought was just, you've been there just for years
0: listing off uh Radio Shack accolades.
2: I was like <laughs> one of the top people, and I was the head of
0: a uh, cell phone. Did sales. you get fired from what you <laughs> sold the most TV? Um, yeah, it was again, it was like a very nicely let go. It was like you maybe shouldn't come back here anymore.
4: What was it? They wouldn't let you do anything but one thing.
0: Uh, well, I wasn't allowed to make the chicken. <laughs> that was a, <laughs> had, a, a <laughs> <laughs> it, like, had a chicken place. Pretty big
4: task at place. Had a limiting. chicken place, right.
0: <laughs> that's limiting. It was a it was a that's a that was a very closely guarded secret. So there were like two older ladies there and their entire jobs were making and had been for like forty years. Like they were. They're the afraid you'd rip off the recipe? No, I think it was just that they didn't trust that I would because the like I said, the, the people who made the chicken had been doing it for like forty years. Gotcha. Like, they were the masters of the chicken. And so I was on like burgers and hot dogs.
2: Is there still a Woody's? Mm-mm.
4: No, oh, that
0: is too, too bad. Close
2: a couple years. Ago. Man, that was my saying, childhood.
0: If you if they if you're listening out there, I've been saying for years they need to sell that recipe to mm-hmm. like Max or somewhere, one of those uh, aggressively expanding restaurants. Mm-hmm. Sell that recipe, you'll you'll all make a killing. Yeah, people want that chicken. So I'm bad.
4: not sure it was good chicken, but when you got a taste for it, you know what I mean. It was good. Was I, was a, good? I would argue with the you. The breading was It was amazing,
0: an extremely high quality. In my
4: mind, it's very tempura ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay.
0: I think that it had kind of that airy kind of um, way where you like mix it with water a little bit and, and make that wheels. Kind of Have fluffy. you
4: ever been fired non-radio? No. Have
0: you ever had no. a job
5: non-radio? I, I, t- What's that? He's Have you waiter. had a job non-radio? Oh yeah, yeah, you were a waiter. Yeah, yeah, as a server and uh, grounds crew dude at a baseball facility during a summer. And uh, no, I mean, and I consider them firing even firings in radio, even though they weren't technically that. It was contracts expiring and we're not gonna pick you up. But I think that's being fired. Hmm. Because you're basically being told you don't work here anymore. So that's my that's kind of my definition. If somebody comes to you and says you're not gonna be working here anymore, that's eh, fired. Yeah. Even though it might not technically be, it yeah. is. That's fair. Yeah. So yeah, that's happened twice. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but both times led to me coming to KMOX. There you go.
2: That's exciting. Yep. So we done. Well, that's the, all the signs okay. that you're being quiet fired, so I fine don't have any more. Good, good.
4: 223 DGS, Steve Ewing, uh, coming up in the bottom of the hour. Wheels to talk some Sports. Yeah. You know the articles I get on my phone. Yep. You said they're like, ah, eh, they're real people, but they're kind of gossipy guys. Um, the latest was, oh, boy, are the Cardinals sad that they didn't hire uh, Skip Schumacher instead of Marmel. Anything to that?
5: I mean, Skip's great, so I, I don't think that you would have to argue – um, that that you wouldn't want to argue that he wouldn't have been better. I mean we don't have any idea, right um I, what I don't understand because I, I'm an advocate for skip. I'm a big fan. I think he's a phenomenal manager um I think that uh, he's going to have a, a really long career doing this but I don't i what I don't understand is how an entire pitching staff completely falling apart is the manager's fault in St. Louis. Because that's what changed. That's what happened. Adam Adam Wainwright's ERA more than doubled. I mean, a- everyone else was worse than they were the year before, except Jordan Montgomery, and he ended up getting traded because the team was so bad. I don't. They had. They were like second or third most blown saves with the same dudes they had the year Is before. Is there
4: anyone else to assign blame to other than the individual athletes? Because when when it seems like <laughs> well, the front a- office.
5: Like a I mean, common, they put the roster together.
4: Like pitching coaches or anything like that? Or yeah, they I don't much- think
5: so. I mean, when when I watched the games, I saw pitchers who either had diminished stuff, like, like Adam, because he's older. Um, I saw guys that were missing in the middle of the zone more. Miles Michaelis was doing that. Stephen Matts early in the year, although he was better late in the year. I saw, a lot, especially relievers. I saw a lot of relievers missing in the middle of zones and doing all of that rather than you know, locating pitches. Like when a guy hangs a slider in the middle of the zone and it gets hit 400 feet, that's not the pitching coach's fault. That's not the manager's fault. Now we can blame front office and Mo's been pretty upfront in, uh, especially the GM meeting saying, look, I, I can take the heat. I can take my blame. It it didn't work. That's on me. (laughs) I'm the guy in charge of baseball, of putting the guy, putting together the roster. So if it doesn't work, yeah, it's on me. I can, I can wear that. Um, and I, and I think Skip did a phenomenal job, and I don't want to take anything from him because I think he's great. And maybe he would be better for the Cardinals than Ali Marmel. I don't know, but the point right now is it's an unknown. It's not an automatic yes, it's not an automatic no, it's an unknown. What if the Marlins go win 72 games next year and the Cardinals win 90? Are we having the same conversation or no? And that's why I'm saying you just got to let it play but I'm a huge fan of, of Skip. I think he's he's phenomenal and I think it's an un, it's an incomplete on Ali Marmol. I mean, they won the division in his first year and they stunk the second year. He didn't it wasn't because of him that they won the division in 2022 and it wasn't because of him that they stunk last year. I mean, it's it's the same guy executing the same game plan basically. The difference was so, the
4: players. I know you're not saying this. I know you're not saying the manager means nothing, right? But when does the manager do especially good or bad? When do you have any examples where you, where you point and you go, "That's that guy"?
5: The things that we will notice the most will be things like pitching changes. If you put "quote unquote" the wrong guy in and it doesn't work, um, or people will people like to have questions about starting lineups and things like that, the batting order. Those things. I mean, people did that to Tony Larusa. I mean, he took calls right here on KMLX every Sunday and fans were calling in like, why is Chris Duncan batting second? You should have a con." I mean, like people do lineup game is always an argument. That's no big deal. So it's usually pitching changes, strategies late in games. But what people, I think, don't keep up with is a lot of those things are done now based on the pregame information that managers are given. It's not managers managing by their gut anymore. That's what it used to be. And there is a little of that. The most important job that a manager has is keeping players ready to be at their best, whether that's physically or mentally. That's what it is, and that's why you're seeing the trend, by the way, and this is where I'm interested to see where it goes with Ali Marmal. The trend in baseball is recently retired players, major league players, who don't have managerial experience but understand what it's like to be a major leaguer are getting those jobs more frequently than they used to. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them have worked. Skip is that guy. Skip didn't manage in the minor leagues for 10 years. He's been a bench coach in the major leagues. He's been on the staff. But because he's recently retired and he understands the, what a player needs to succeed, their job is much more about managing people than it is about matchups and lineups and all of that stuff It's just
1: changed.
0: Call from mom. Answer it.
5: With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
4: Welcome back, guys. DGS. on am X. Happy Wednesday to you. So tomorrow will be a late start for us. The Billikens are playing at 1pm. So we'll probably go on 3.30ish, something like that. And then on Friday, uh, they'll play again depending on if they win or lose that one. And so you'll figure it out. No big deal. Uh, our really good friend, Steve Ewing, who you guys know from the Urge and Steve Ewing Band and Steve Steve's Hot Dogs is in with us. Good to see you, my friend. Hey,
6: man! Thanks for having me. Yeah, about How are how are things? How you been? We've been uh, really good. Uh, nice, busy year we've been having, so it's it's been good stuff. Yeah. Good.
4: Where are you at now? Like expansion and what are you doing?
6: So we just um, opened up the Steve's uh, Hot Dogs location at Enterprise. So we're there for the Blues games and concerts and things like that.
4: That's got to
5: be. Mm-hmm.
6: It's got to be great. So that was that was awesome. We we've been trying to get in there for a long time. Uh-huh. And we just didn't know how to do it. Or, what section? Oh, we're at uh, Portal Eight. Okay, I need yeah. to know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this, the smoking entrance. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that oh, that's, a, right good that yep. yeah, that's <laughs> a good place. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good place.
3: <laughs> it works, <for> us. <laughs> <laughs>
6: right? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. You know, so it, it took us a, a while to get in there. Like the soccer thing. Um, really opened the door for us with Levy Foods. um, How do you do,
4: like, compared to a brick and mortar and, say, the soccer stadium? Like, on one day, just compared.
6: um, We can do a lot more at the soccer stadium, Mm. like, in a
4: lot less time. Yeah.
6: Uh, um, It's just the nature of it. Yeah, you can do a lot more food there.
4: Yeah. I know this story, but I've forgotten it. How did you get into this in the beginning with the hot dog thing? Um,
6: the, The original idea came from... Me um, talking to my guitar player after shows, like, how come there's nobody feeding anybody <laughs> out on the street after all these kids let out at these shows? Yeah. So that was the idea. And then, um, you know, one day I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to buy a cart and I'm going to see what happens. And so that's how it started. Wow. Eventually, we're like, we can't do this cart thing
4: forever. Yeah. Um, we need like a roof on our on mm-hmm. top of our head so we can do this all year. What has been the most surprising thing to you or maybe just some lessons you've learned for people out there who are uh, want to be entrepreneurs? Um, I would say for me,
6: I, you know, start small, learn some things, kind of just dip your foot in there, uh, learn. You're going to make a lot of mistakes along the way, um, but just keep going. And uh, probably the biggest mistake I made and that I overcame was uh, you're going to eventually need partnership um, to move forward to grow. So um, definitely keep your mind open for, you know, yeah that, the, the whole growth thing with partners. Yeah. Um, so what do you got going on? I know you have something special coming up. Yeah, we got an Urge concert coming next week. Sweet. Yes. Sweet. The urge is down at the pageant uh for our annual Thanksgiving show. Yeah. we're down there uh ne- the Friday after Thanksgiving, the twenty fourth. Yeah. Perfect. How
4: when you guys get together, mm-hmm. I know like with El Monstero, you mm-hmm. know, they do it every year and it's like, you know, a little bit rut- shake the rust off. How's it for you guys? Same thing. We go on
6: rehearsing about maybe a couple of months before the show and we really just kind of ease into rehearsing. Yeah, um, the music is pretty intense physically. Yeah. So, so like, oh man, I forgot we got work to do. This. <laughs> let's, slow, let's slow it down a little.
5: You know, I've always wondered that about the, the like, the, especially the the more modern, like the heavy bands, where it's mm-hmm. just so much going on. Mm-hmm. How are you, how are they going to do that at 60, 65 I, like I, some like the Stones do?
6: I don't know. I mean, you know what though the, the it's one of those use it or lose it kind of things, though. If you continuously do it, you keep up. Then you keep up, but like if you take a break from doing something yeah. intense like that and come back to it, it takes a second to build yeah. back up. Yeah,
4: I, I always say like I found so I'm basically a drummer that ended up and lead with a bunch of really great musicians, but I would only play drums at gigs, I would never practice, because you've met me, and uh, <laughs> when I would go back on the kit, the first couple songs, I could do anything I've ever done, uh, mm-hmm. I probably hit my peak, honestly, when I was about 16, uh, when I was playing eight hours a day, and I could do anything, and then I'd get cocky, and yeah. I'd try something, and it just wasn't there, uh-huh. like muscle memory, there's really something, probably
5: it's like totally you with baseball, if like, yeah. you
4: go to a batting cage.
5: Oh, yeah, if you do it without work, it's going to hurt, so I it's, guess it's the same it's idea. big
6: time, yep. <laughs> Even with your voice, like, all that stuff, like, if, uh, you know, it's, there's, a, there's like a fine line between abusing it,
4: but there's, you know, also keeping it active and keep using it, you know, yeah. so
6: that's what works, yeah.
4: Yeah, there's a real art to it, which I never, I never learned. Kelly Wilde's a good friend of mine from Trixie, and she would come see my gigs, and she's like, you're really, you're really good at screaming, you need to whisper, She's like, when I sing ACDC, I whisper it. And I'm like, I know all those words, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know, what, I don't know means. what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. There's a
6: nice, good, safe technique to get that sound. Yeah. yeah, She's awesome. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, she's
4: fantastic. So when uh, back in like the prime, right, for, mm-hmm. for The Urge, were you cognizant of how you were as a front man or did it just kind of come out?
6: Um, I, I had a lot of killer influences, like especially really early on, I was being influenced by, gosh, Prince, um, David Bowie. Those two, like, are like the true like rock stars for me, right? Yeah. And then, um, but then we started getting into like Fishbone, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and then we saw this whole other side of uh, performing. Like, oh man, yeah, we can do that on stage, and we can do all this stuff. And so once once I saw those guys and Bad Brains and all that kind of hardcore funk and stuff that that kind of really set the stage for me. Yeah. When was it? So how would you describe The Urge's music? Um, it's a mix of all the stuff that we grew up on. So it's like ska, funk, um, punk, and even like that Bad Brains hardcore. Yeah. Um, all that stuff that we grew up on. It's it very much, I would say, a lot of like. Post-punk British music we were into, mm-hmm. like the specials, English beat, that kind of stuff, too. Yeah. So, yeah. And how did you guys come together? Who knew who? Um, three of the guys were already together. Um, we all went to the same high school. We went to Webster Groves. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy how that happened. <laughs> <also>. <laughs> 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 yep. And th- the the other three guys knew each other. I knew of them because I was a freshman when they were like seniors. Gotcha. And so they uh, were the big badasses. They were the cool kids. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I joined the band... Um, Shortly after, they were out of high school, and I joined the band my
4: junior year. I always like to ask this of of singers. Um, So when I got my first set of drums, like, okay, here you go. I'm Mm -hmm. either going to be able to do this or not, and if I can, I can improve with practice. How did you know you could sing?
6: So singing, was I was already doing that. So I was um, singing at church. I was in the choir. I did the all-state, all-district choir at school. So I was already doing that, and I could sing, and I had some training. Um, but I, re- I really wanted to be in a rock band, that's yeah, <laughs> that's what I wanted to do, yeah. Um, so the singing part was there. Um, now developing your sound or your style that took a long time, and I, I like, you were asking, I, I, I wasn't like this is how I want to sound, it just kind of happened after doing so many shows, and I think it's just this is where I, this is who I am. This is it becomes you become that. Yeah,
4: yeah. Anyone ever? Uh, have you ever seen anyone who you're like? I think they saw the urge, or anyone say to you like, "Yeah, man, I grew up listening to you, and I kind of ripped you off oh, a little yeah. bit." I, I see them, and I actually hear from them too. Like, they like a lot of them are just like, "Yeah, man, we." Listen to you guys all the time, whatever, and then you can see it, you know yeah that's cool. which is pretty awesome, yeah, anything you've ever tried to do and I, this is gonna sound like a ridiculous answer because of course the answer is yes, but anything you try to do musically, maybe other people or cover stuff that you're like, can't do it can't I can't sing Lynn Staley or you know something like that um I
6: know there's plenty of stuff that I don't try to do <laughs> because like yeah i I don't think I can do that, or I don't think I can do it. In a way that would be appealing, do it justice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, I did take on the Stevie Wonder project, ooh, which, I'm like, man, why did that's I do gutsy. That? <laughs> and um, so th- we're in like our fourth year of doing that tribute, and um, I'm doing well at it, but it is a lot of work. Yeah, a lot of work. Um, really working on my voice to get yeah. get it to do what Stevie Wonder does, even it, kind of even close to
4: it. So it, it's a cliche that everyone thinks they had the best childhood, and everyone thinks they had the best this and the best music. And I'm a few years older than you, but we're at least close. We had a what a time to grow up with music, right? <laughs> yeah, things I mean, were things were being invented. At that invented. Time. That's yeah. a great way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. There was no there was nothing like Journey before mm-hmm. Journey. There was not. You know. Yep. The Southern rock. And what I loved about it was the same week on the charts, you'd have Journey, 38 Special, Sammy Hagar, um, Queen. Yep. Like every genre of music. The foundation of pretty much
6: everything was actually being invented at that time. Yeah. On the rock side of it, on the hip hop side of it, hip hop was brand new in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, uh, it were was you, a great time. Were you into time. that when you, were, when you were a young guy? Oh my gosh, yes. It, it took over our entire way of life. It took over the whole neighborhood when, when like the first I heard rappers delight. Yeah, on the radio, and I think it was like WESL. <laughs> it was an AM station. Yeah, and it it came on. I think it, the whole school heard it, <laughs> and
4: it took over everything like the forever. Yeah. So yeah, hip hop was huge. Yeah, I think even. Grunge is the only thing I mean, like the Beatles of course, but in in the modern times, grunge is the only thing you can c- compare mm-hmm. to that yeah uh, but I think even more so than that because when 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 I heard that stuff, yep. I was just like, I don't know what's happening I don't no. know what they're doing. nobody
6: knew what was happening It's like, what is this? yeah <laughs> yeah can you do that stuff? Me no I'm, yeah did I'm you ever a, try uh not really It seems like
4: magic to me
6: yes like it just seems impossible yeah. Good MCs are are really are kind of magical. Like, yeah, it's I don't have that ability. Yeah, yeah, I write,
4: but in a very like yeah, (laughs) in a very uh, controlled kind of way. Yeah, you're a man who knows what you're good at. Yeah, yeah. So tell us about the show coming up. Like for people who have seen the urge and people who've never seen the urge. Like what 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 can they expect?
6: So it's the same super super high energy urge show that we always have. You know, us doing our thing, jumping around. We're they're gonna hear a lot of older stuff, like not crazy old stuff, but stuff from, like, our first three records. Yeah. Um, they'll hear those things, and then we got a couple new songs we're going to add, and um, we'll always, we always bring some crazy old stuff back out every yeah. every show. Just What
4: was recording? People. I've been in recording studios, and I've done a little bit of stuff way, 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 when I was, like, in my early 20s, mm-hmm. but I've never done an album. Mm-hmm. What was that like?
6: Um, recording is always... Cool to me, Um, you go through your process of pre-production, you semi-write the songs, and then when you get in there and you're kind of under the gun, just that's when the magic happens, cool things happens when you're tired, or the engineer or producer is like, let's try it again, try it again. Like, that's when the cool things happen. Yeah. Did you do it mostly live, or did you do it part by part by part? All the rhythm tracks, so drums, the basic guitar tracks, and bass are generally cut live. Mm Mm-hmm. If there's issues on things, we'll go back on them, but we try to get that live feel, yeah. Um, for those main entrance in, instruments, and then we go back and do overdubs, like on, yeah, all the candy, and then we do the vocals and horns, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and not the you know, we've we've done the process, you know, from one inch tape, half inch tape, <laughs> two inch tape. <laughs>
4: To Adats to Pro Tools. I mean, yeah. so we've done it all. We've yeah. done all it. Yeah, yeah. It always blows me away. Like the Beatles' first album was done in like twelve hours. Oh yeah, It just like blew it out. You got to make. You, you got to know all your stuff before you go in there. Yeah. yeah, I think one of the best vocal performances of all time is John Lennon on "Twist and Shout," and the story is there is that his his voice was roached. They'd been he'd been singing all day, mm-hmm. and George Martin is like one more. I think he called him like the p word, and for real. Ah. And so John Lennon did that take. Yeah, and you can just hear it. Like that's. And he couldn't speak for like a week after that. Sure, yeah. You don't know what that is until you
6: until you get there. And a good producer will hear it and be like, Oh my god, that's it. That's it. Yeah. But they and they and they know what they're going for. Right. So the, the psychology is to get you to get there without you kind of right. not knowing about it. Yeah.
4: So take a minute, tell us uh, do a plug for Steve's and do a plug for the show, how people get tickets and such.
6: Yep. So um you can get to our website, Steve Steve's hot dogs stl.com. Um yeah, a lot of happen- happening there. Um, we have the shop on Grand, um, and we're in all the sports stadiums now. Yeah. Um, the Urge will be on the pageant November 24th, the day after Thanksgiving, and you can get tickets at Ticketmaster and our website, the, uh, urge.net Cool, brother.
4: Always good to see you, man. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. 253 DGS. Wheels, what's the deal about the, the guy's uh, McDonald's? <laughs>
5: All right, so do you have any, uh, before I do this, do you have any weird things you guys do at, at a fast food place with food that other people would be like, I don't think you want to do that. I have to
4: sit on the burger because my mouth's too small. <laughs> does that count? I think it
2: does, yeah. Okay.
5: So if you haven't, I mean, mm-hmm. most, most people probably haven't seen it, but I'm a Lions fan and I'm a sports guy, so I see these things on Twitter. So Lions wide receiver Jamison Williams just posted a picture of his lunch at McDonald's on an off day. So you can see a little thing of fries up in the left-hand corner. Looks like he had a slushy or something, like a frozen lemonade, maybe something like that. Uh, You can see his, his, uh, he's got an Oreo uh, McFlurry McFlurry. and then he's got his, looks like a quarter pounder with cheese. It's opened up on the one bun. It's ketchup and pickles, which Mm -hmm. is always on there. looks like he took the mustard off and it's the quarter pounder with cheese, two slices of cheese. And he has taken a giant glop of the McFlurry and it is on the burger. And it is going to be pressed into a sandwich. And I thought that was disgusting.
2: Hmm. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's my taste, but I, it doesn't revolt me. Ugh. It's kind of like whenever you get those burgers on a donut, like the sweet and the savory. Oh,
5: yeah. yeah, but I mean, mixing that with pickles and ketchup. Yeah, yeah that
2: is gross. I'm I don't know why a, that
5: did it. Just give me a shiver.
0: I made <laughs> nuggets on the uh, burger. Guy. That's fine. I've, I've, Are you okay? I've become big into that. <laughs> nuggets on the burgers, fine. <laughs> it's just really weird when to, you take. I really had to think that one out.
4: <sighs> just... I got nuggets on the
5: burger. <laughs> I remember, they were
2: doing <laughs> <laughs> that. Like on the sandwich. They were doing that uh, whole thing where it was like you can make your own combo meal at McDonald's, the secret yeah. menu, and one of them was nuggets on the burger, and yeah. Andrew really liked that. I
0: did, but it was enraging because there was no deal they would just like there was they wouldn't assemble it for you and nor would they like take any money off they would just charge you for both of those right. items right just, just buy them yeah and give you those items separately so it's like well then why like why are you even yeah. calling it anything yeah. cute
4: I, I i'm too big of a punk to order something special cuz i i fear no one like i fear a 16-year-old drive-thru <laughs> attendant yeah yeah but i was intrigued someone the other day on tiktok got a quarter pounder with big mac sauce I oh, do that. that. sounds kind of good. Do I do that. Yeah,
0: that's easy to do. You just have to say, "Can you put some some sauce on there?" Yeah,
5: yeah. I do that, and, and I don't ask. It's great at the kiosk when no you're doing it there. shaming
4: or pushback.
5: <laughs>
0: when I do the chicken <laughs> on you don't the be like, like I'm going <laughs> to be like, judged. No,
2: old man, I will not do that for yeah, you. Yeah,
5: you'll do How it. and You'll you like it. Me. You'll do it and you'll like it, kid. She will man me. Yeah. Now that well, Kevin well, McCarthy is your boyfriend I was she speaking did. as the teen. <laughs> yeah. As mm-hmm. if the teen were me. Rachel was acting. That was acting. Yeah. Saying the things character. that she wants to say.
2: No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'm not. And Kevin McCarthy is not my boyfriend. Ding. Lesbian. <laughs> <That's me> <laughs> uh.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?